This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with the other person who lives in my home. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. It's me! <laughs> it's me. <laughs> you almost went full Mario from Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's exactly. It's a exactly. Good morning. Hello! It's exactly how Mario talks all the time. Uh, for people who are maybe not regular listeners of Obsessed, as you might be able to guess, Sarah and I are married. Yes, we are. That's why we live in this home together. <laughs> Lots of other reasons to live in homes together. True. But we are married, uh, and uh, Sarah is really my partner on this podcast, uh, helps me with it a lot, and is a frequent guest. We do the bonus Patreon episodes together every month, and you've been uh, on the actual podcast more, which is great. It's really, really fun to discuss things that you were obsessed with or that we are obsessed with together here on the main show. I agree. <laughs> uh, and for people who don't know Sarah, she is a dancer, mm-hmm. a stage manager, a historic mansion manager, and many other things. <laughs> I'll take that. That's a that, good. That's that a good overview. Decent, a decent yeah, overview absolutely. of yeah. my partner in life. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> uh, and very uh, specific to this episode is that you are also a huge Star Wars fan. I sure am. Yeah, and it's uh, it is May the fourth, Star mm-hmm. Wars Day. Yeah, and I get to talk about Star Wars a lot because I have the podcast that I co-host with uh, Jennifer Land and Ken Napsok called Force Center, where mm-hmm. I get to talk about Star Wars so much, and it's so delightful. Star Wars comes up on Obsessed all the time because people are interested in what I'm obsessed with, guests, and it's obvious from the table full of action figures that mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought this would be really fun on Star Wars Day to put out a kind of special episode where I talk to you about your Star Wars fandom. Yeah. I'm going to do my very, very best <laughs> not to pontificate about my own Star Wars fandom, but really see it from your perspective in your journey through uh, the galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. All right. So I want to just start with the whole uh, May the 4th. Yes. I want to know your opinions about this day becoming Star Wars Day. It just kind of started as an internet joke of the pun of the date being May the 4th, and then therefore saying May the 4th be with you. And it has grown from a, I think, tongue-in-cheek to snarky internet joke to a sincere celebration of community. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, <laughs> I have many thoughts about it. <laughs> let's, on let's get in. So I, um, I think initially I was like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, we have... We have the internet and Twitter and people can be like, oh, May the 4th, happy Star Wars, yay, because I feel like it came up when we were maybe in between Star Wars things, and yeah. so that was nice to have a place to celebrate it. Um, I had May the 4th is like, eh, okay, whatever, like, <laughs> no need to make fun of people with lists, but sure, we can, we can celebrate Star Wars. Um, and so I love it as Star Wars Day, but it's really funny because I did just, um, before we started recording this, I was looking at the promotions tab of my email and the number of people who have jumped on Star Wars Day for sales. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, some of you would expect, like, you know, Think Geek and some of the nerdier, or not nerdier, some of the Star Wars related things, people who sell Star Wars merchandise, like, yes. Right. If they sell it 24-7, why not have a sale and a celebration? Exactly. Yeah. They sell us Game of Thrones merchandise every Sunday right now. Like, it, <laughs> it works. Like, you totally get yeah. that. But there was, uh, there were a few, like, there were some yarn shops that 
I've, I mean, I know that they also do a lot of uh, genre-based things, so right. that's great. But it was just funny how um, how prevalent and how deep it, I feel like it has gotten into our culture just in the last few years of, hey, happy Star Wars Day. We have Star Wars stuff. Did you know that? Here, buy our Star Wars yarn. Buy our Star Wars waffle maker. Buy this. Buy that. Yeah. Like, And from places that you don't necessarily think of as tracking when is Star Wars Day? Yeah, like so, I'm expecting to get something from Chase Bank saying like, do this and get $66 free. You know, right. like when Palpatine <laughs> murdered the Jedi. You know, yeah, for Star I mean, Wars If Day. you say order 66, <laughs> what happens? Um, yeah, you get so, 66 free tacos at Taco Bell. <laughs> we have special shoelaces for you at the shoe store today. Yeah. Like kind of that level of thing. So I, I find it interesting. Um, and I have a push-pull always with... Like, oh, it's Columbus Day, or I'll, I'll use another less controversial, like it's Labor Day, let's have a Labor Day sale. And I always have a push-pull with the kind of commercialization of holidays, but Star Wars, I feel like, well, that is, it started as a thing that was commercial as opposed to something else, so. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, a, I think, one of the things about Star Wars is that it's always had that in its DNA, yeah. you know, it's not like something that has been subverted, Yes. you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it is still fascinating to watch it travel through pop culture channels like think geek Two suddenly being like yeah it is everywhere yeah arby's like, has a deal you yeah. know yeah macy sent out a note i don't think they did but i wouldn't <laughs> but be surprised will very soon <laughs> let me ask you as uh somebody a historian uh-huh. i think the thing that used to come up i don't think it comes up as much anymore is that the actual anniversary of star wars is so very close to may 4th of the may 25th anniversary of the actual release of the first film yeah do you care that that's not star wars day but instead the pun day is star wars day (laughs) um you know yes and no honestly if we're going for a full-on history, it seems so accurate to have it not be on the right day. <laughs> because there's so many things where it's like, yeah, that's close enough, you right. know. Sure, let's take over Yule or let's take over this and make it another holiday. I feel like so many things, if we're looking big picture holiday, You're right. are just kind of, well, this fits and people can enjoy it. Or we don't really know, so we'll just say approximately this right. day. Or this is the day the pagans are going to do something anyway, so why don't we just say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's um, there's a real tradition in that. And yeah. so, yeah, it works. And also, uh, at least here in the States, Memorial Day, I feel, has kind of taken over the end of May. Yeah. And so it is nice that it. People are like, do I have, you know, a cookout today with my vegan brats or do I pull out the Star Wars waffle maker? I don't know what to do. Instead, you can have Star Wars waffle maker at the beginning of May and vegan brats at the end of May. (laughs) Or both, all the time. You can do whatever you want. I really believe that people should do whatever they want. I, you know, we celebrate Star Wars Day basically every day here. Basically every day, but but it is, this is an extra special day. I like everything you're saying that it's, organic that it became may the 4th it's uh from the community and it, it does have a little bit of vibe of of star wars tradition with sort of uh everything is a myth everything is a little bit of fairy tale uh, competing with realism and yeah you know stories are being told and sometimes things shift around a little bit in stories and it's always from from a certain point of view. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. we'll know when someday people say, oh, this is when the first Star Wars film came out. 
I'll go, oh, no, no, not actually. This just this is our preparation before the star is filmed. You're right. This is a gift to pedantic people. So that they, anybody who says that, well, yeah, May the 4th, uh, the release of uh, Star Wars. Like, yeah. no, uh, actually, uh, was it called A purpose. New Hope when it was first released? It was released on May. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a gift to everybody, uh, depending on your point of view. <laughs> Let's dive into your fandom. So... I want to know what your first memories of Star Wars are. Yeah, this is going to be fun because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have such, I, I think, I'm sure this has come up before. This has come up in our in our lives. Certainly, I don't remember if I've talked about it with a microphone in front of me. <laughs> but I don't, I don't truly remember like, bam, that is the first time that Star Wars was part of my life. Yeah. And um, part of it is... I, I was not old enough to see A New Hope in the theater uh, because I was a baby. <laughs> and so <clears throat> my but my brother saw it. And so I think there was some element of Star Wars around in in our house uh, in in my life where I idolized my older brother and he, you know, had this in his life. So it was therefore in my life. It was in our shared experiences. Um, so I don't honestly remember. I did. I was pretty sure. So I did in preparation for this podcast, yeah. reach out to my parents and my brother and say, Ooh. okay, time to have a history lesson and see if you all agree about when I saw Star Wars movies and which movies I saw, because I was pretty sure that I had seen Return of the Jedi in the theater. Okay. And I was, I had a memory of like, okay, like this is back when you've got big old theaters and that they had brought back, if not the first, not a new hope, both of them, um, and shown them in the theater. I was like, is this even possible? Did they have capacity to do this? Was this then? Was this later? I remember going to this theater and I swear I saw a new hope and then I felt like I knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and my brother did confirm that, yes, before Return of the Jedi came out, they had brought back a new hope. And so we did go see that one in the theater. As a family. As a family. So I did see that one later and I did see Return of the Jedi. My mother thinks I also saw a Empire Strikes Back in the theater, which makes sense because they they would have for sure brought my brother and I. Yeah, they would have you brought know, you along. So it would have been cruel, cool. yeah, to exactly. leave you at home. Exactly. Okay, so you have tracked down the historical record of which <laughs> Star Wars movies you saw in the theater back yeah. in the day. But what is just your? And, and I understand I'm not searching for necessarily a concrete memory because I think a lot of us, uh, regardless of when you were born, uh, Star Wars was just in the air it's like saying when when what's your first memory of a cloud like some people might go like oh yeah i remember the first time i saw a cloud yeah. but for most of us it's like they're in the sky always yeah um so what are your impressions of star wars just being in the air around you sure. when you were very young sure um i so i was really taken with um th- this is a <laughs> here are a few thoughts in no particular order or really cohesiveness um in terms of watching some, or like a visual scene, I feel like I really remember trees and Ewoks, so okay. <laughs> which makes sense. You know me. Uh, apparently, I've always been obsessed with trees and forests. You have a large book called, what is it? Remarkable Trees Remarkable of the World? Remarkable Trees of the World. Yeah. Uh, so that apparently was part of me and what imprinted on my memory from a young age. But I also, I always really liked um, Princess Leia and the droids. And I feel like I have very early memories about C-3PO and R2-D2. Okay. Of just kind of, they were just in my consciousness. Yeah, because I mean, as you were traversing the world, mm-hmm. uh, you 
it's not only going to the movies. Uh, your brother was a fan, so he mm-hmm. would have had books and action figures and all sorts of stuff like that. But just going out in the world, there would have been cereal boxes and bed sheets and shower curtains. Uh, yeah. If you were in Germany, uh, there was allegedly C-3PO toilet paper. Who knows if that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, something and, you encountered. And my brother did have, my mom made him Star Wars curtains. Okay. So he had Star Wars curtains um, and also a bed sheet that she had made. Okay. So um, we'll talk more about Princess Leia, but I'm yeah. curious about the connection to the droids. Do you have any sense of why you gravitated towards them or why they made an impression on you? I feel like their story was the one I connected to. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was fishing for, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, Uh, is it that, I mean, in the movies, uh, I think, you know, they are shown as being very emotional and one of the, I think, fun dynamics and deep dynamics of the original trilogy is our human characters don't recognize, I think, as much as the audience does how human 3PO and R2 are. Yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, you know, the main parts of what were what was going on in the story probably a little over my head, you know, when I was so young. Yeah. And um, lightsabers were cool. Doors that slid open sideways. Oh, my gosh. About the coolest thing ever because I I loved things like Tomorrowland and like Future Houses and the okay. Jetsons. And so anything that felt like that. Yeah. So the doors, super cool. Um, but I think just the, you know, they were the one they, to, I think to me, and I'm, I'm totally you know, retro fitting my brain. So That's who knows the way what I we actually all do thought. it when we talk about our, our youthful memories <laughs> um, is I, I think to a certain extent, they, the way that they were viewing the world around them and kind of both being helpful, but also being scared and like they were buddies, but they also kind of fought. Like, I think that was maybe like, that was the view of their world that I felt like the was one that I connected to. Yeah. And, and they saw what was going on, except they didn't always see all of it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, like they were separated, but sometimes they were together and sometimes they were helpful, but sometimes not. Um, and I really connected to both of them in both similar and different ways. Like I know uh, a lot of people have <laughs> mixed re- reactions over the years over C-3PO. But I always loved C-3PO. Like yeah. absolutely adored C-3PO, but also always loved R2-D2. Like R2-D2 was almost to me like the Yoda of droids. Right, yeah, he's a he's quiet. I mean, not really quiet because he's beeping and booping, but people aren't listening to him too much. But yeah. he is just like the Swiss Army knife of life, taking care of every problem. Yeah, even when people aren't aware that he's taking care of the problem. And then three PO is you know a, a different dynamic. Yeah, uh, but I almost feel like, and you know, may, I I also I I am I also quite liked Yoda, but but really the droids were the ones I think that I connected with the most. Um, but it was almost like R2-D2 is like, he has the wisdom of the, you know, he, he is the wise droid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think I just, they were really the ones that I was uh, very excited to see, very excited to see show up later, uh, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me of seeing 3PO in R2 as a little bit of the kid's perspective. Like Lucas had floated at different times that the story is really being told from the droid's 
perspective. Mm. And also he has, you know, said a lot and doubled down in recent years about these movies are for uh, people who are on the cusp of becoming an adult, choosing who they want to be. And what you're saying really makes sense to me, uh, especially for any of us who had just one sibling and you have as kids that natural sort of like, yep, we are totally bonded, but sometimes we bicker, but sometimes we're totally in unison. Mm-hmm. which uh, obviously you had the one brother. So maybe there's a little bit of that, like, oh, they're interacting like we do. Sometimes we're together. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> we're we're a little uh, upset with each other. But also just that they are, I think 3PO and R2 are childlike in a way that I hadn't thought of until you said this, because they are separate from the rest of the heroes and kind of accepted by the rest of the heroes, but not fully in their world Mm -hmm. and you know that great child perspective of like but i know things and see things that you adults aren't paying attention to and if you could just listen to me Mm -hmm. you would see how much i can contribute Mm -hmm. it's such a great perspective on 3po and r2 yeah but you're not gonna sit down and have the you know discussion of the approach for the battle with R2 and C-3PO, just like you're not going to sit down and have the discussion of like, oh, how are we going to plan our budget for this month with, you know, your four-year-old? Right. Well, and exactly. <laughs> but maybe. But maybe the four, <laughs> yeah, like, it's, I just think it's a fascinating thing because uh, generally speaking, adults ask children what they want to know from children. And then the stuff that children have to contribute beyond what the parents ask for, they don't listen to because our heroes ask 3PO and R2 to do the things that they think they should do. But then mm-hmm. when 3PO and R2 are like, and I have an opinion on another matter. <laughs> and they're like, shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is, yeah. I think, sometimes how we treat kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So I want to talk to you about this photo of you that I <laughs> yeah. love. Uh, it's two photos of you uh, as a small human mm-hmm. opening a action figure of Leia, classic Kenner, three and three quarter. Yeah. Uh, and one is you kind of seeing it. And the other is you with it fully opened uh-huh. uh, with just a look of utter joy on your face. So take me back to that photo. How much do you remember that? How much do you remember your impressions of Leia? All that kind of stuff. Oh, I honestly have zero memory of the photo. Um, I was way too young to remember that action, like the actual moment of the photo. OK, but I have uh, seen the photo for a long time. <laughs> and um, so Basically, the backstory is my brother, who I've mentioned, Andy, he has a name. Uh, We'll give him a name. Um, We'll acknowledge his name. He had decided that what I really needed that year for Christmas was uh, the Princess Leia action figure. So that was 100% coming from him being uh, nice to his little sister, which was very nice, wanting to include me. And uh, what I do remember is I did, I definitely played with Leia, and I did really like Leia as well, uh, because I think, especially as I got older, uh, slightly more than, you know, two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated um, kind of what a warrior she is and how strong she is. But but honestly, the thing that I remember about the Leia action figure is that in my uh, playing with her, uh, I her head came off. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Uh, Chewie knocked Darth Vader's head off uh, once as we were playing. Yeah. yeah. Some, of the, some of those kind of action figures, the, those heads were ready to fly. Uh, so, but you did, she was actively yours and you played with her. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Do you remember the kinds of adventures that you had with her or did you just sort of, uh, she, uh, hopped around and met, uh, your other 
various stuffed animals and that she, kind of thing? She probably played with, you know, my teddy bears or <laughs> dolls and, you know, went and hid in hidey holes and things like that. And <laughs> all those kinds of All adventures. those kinds of things. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you remembered liking Leia mm-hmm. as a child and then obviously developing more of an interest in her as you got older. I do just want to ask about the gender dynamics because it was a different time. Yeah. Leia was a, I think, breakthrough in having a really strong woman who is the one, you know, there, there are quotes going back to the filming of the original trilogy where George is saying like, the Luke's a farm boy and Han is an irresponsible scoundrel. Leia's the leader who actually understands the galaxy and knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like there was no accident. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, but those movies also came out in a time where but Leia is the only key woman in the whole narrative. And I think that there were women who in young girls who were made to feel like star wars wasn't for them back in the day Mm. so what was your experience of the gender dynamics you had this good relationship with your brother where he tried to include you but did you ever feel like the world was telling you not to be a star wars fan um no i don't know how much I, i my experience of it was i did not feel like oh i have to be a star wars fan or something else you know i would be just as happy to play Star Wars on the playground as I was to play Annie, which okay. we played a lot. So, uh, you know, like to me, it was all kind of part of the same thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it would have occurred to me to have my favorite characters be Luke or Han. Yeah. But I think that is a little bit more about me and who I was at that time. And it, I, I honestly don't know who my brother's favorite character. I should ask him. Uh, but um so I don't know if it was a feeling like he had them and, you know, those were his characters and I had mine. Yeah. But um, but for all I know, his favorites were also uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO. And so I think it just didn't, from my experience, it just didn't really come up. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you see whether or not you were cognizant of it at the time or it's reflecting backwards? Yeah. Did you see yourself in Leia? Did you gravitate toward Leia because she was representation for you? I mean, I'm sure I did. Uh, I certainly watched a lot of things that didn't have any women in them and had no problem watching them and feeling like I got something out of them. I think I also liked the the leader qualities and the she's the one that knows what's going on. <laughs> and so I probably, I, those are qualities that I liked in, in a person and certainly liked be, seeing that in a you know, seeing that in a female character, whether I, you know, I had the actual words for that or not. So yeah. I liked that idea. Um, but I think I was pretty oblivious as a child to any of that or to what people were saying I should or shouldn't do or society was saying I should or shouldn't do. And I was certainly impacted by it, but was oblivious to it at the time. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't have any of those sort of moments of like, I want to play Star Wars and in boys on the playground saying no. I mean, I am certain that there were people who, if I had said that to, they would have said no. (laughs) Okay. Um, but uh, but by that time, I was probably playing Annie. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, you, yeah, I'm sure you enjoyed uh, playing Annie, and uh, that Leia would have enjoyed. Yeah, joining absolutely. Annie. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's interesting to me that even though uh, Leia, in many ways, was the only representation, unless there are some women out there who are just like, "Yep, I'm Mon Mothma," which <laughs> more power to you. Awesome. Uh, 
But I do feel like from what I know of you and even in in your life as a tween and a teen where I didn't know you, Mm -hmm. that you do have Leia-like qualities. Like you work hard and do your homework and you know what's going on and you take care of other people Mm -hmm. in the same way that Leia is like, I have the whole, I'm going to take the burden and the responsibility of knowing everything that's going on and, and take care of it. That you, I think you do have some like very Leia-like qualities. Why, thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. Um, and so- I will say actually about that, I also think that I'll, I don't know that I had a lot of friends my age. I, I'm sure they had seen the Star Wars movies, but I don't remember it coming up a lot. And so it was almost like that was more a thing that came, that was a thing that came up at home as opposed to with my friends groups or then, you know, like the neighborhood kids or something. Yeah. So I, I honestly just don't remember it coming up a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's my memories too, as I, as I dig through it, uh, uh my, my, my past <laughs> is that Star Wars was in this weird place back in the, you know, late seventies, early eighties uh, to mid eighties where it was kind of everywhere and most kids kind of liked it, but you didn't necessarily talk about it all the time. Because I think pop culture, that's just not the way pop culture worked yet. Yeah, yeah, not at all. I, I don't actually remember like talking about it with my friends. And by that point, the memories that I do remember um, would have been enough after Return of the Dead I came out that there are other things that people are talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so anything else from your sort of childhood relationship with Star Wars before we start uh, zipping into the future? Uh, yes, I will say one other thing. I the I do have a strong connection to the music. I, my my parents are big music fans, so music was always a part of our life. In classical music in, in classical particular, music. right? Orchestral yeah. music. And I believe that we must have had a record of like hits of John Williams. Yeah. Because... I know them because I feel like I know the music, at least the key themes really, really well. And like we would often have the Boston Pops on. And I believe that was when John Williams was directing the Boston Pops. And so, uh, which is a musical, classical music group. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, So that, so the music of Star Wars was very much a part of my childhood. Okay. So So just, and I mean, I think that's the power of the music. If the music is a part of your childhood, then Star Wars is a part of your childhood because the ideas of the first couple of films are just in the DNA of that music. If you're like, what does the entire experience of watching A New Hope feel like? It feels like the main theme of Star Wars. Yeah. And what does the entire experience of watching Empire Strikes Back feel like? It's the Imperial theme. Like, it, they're so uh, condensed into those key themes. Yeah, and I think that's part of why I feel like I had, especially um, and until... M- until I got much older, um, well, I felt like I had a much stronger connection to Star Wars than I necessarily did from actually seeing the films because, you know, we couldn't just go see them anytime. Yeah. And so I didn't see them very much. I don't know when I saw them for the second time, um, but I did have that connection to the themes and the music. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. All right. So what are your memories or reactions to seeing either the special editions in 1997 or... The Phantom Menace in 1999, because that's sort of, uh, we were of the generation that grew up with Star Wars, mm-hmm. it disappeared for a while, and then it kind of, it came back in the late 90s. Yeah. So what was your experience as Star Wars was coming back into uh, mainstream culture? Yeah, so I think, so by that time, honestly, like, I would not say that I was an active Star Wars fan at that point. Um, I certainly liked it, and wasn't like, Bleh. 
Star Wars. <laughs> but but I think I heard about the Blu-rays because a friend of the Blu-rays, special the special edition, okay. excuse me. The special You know, I went to a fancy time travel school. Did I not mention that? I really wish you had earlier in our marriage. <laughs> yes, the um the special editions. Honestly, I think I heard about them because friends of mine a friend of mine got them and was like, oh, what's this? They've changed things. Blah. Um, and I don't think I had any sense of the fact that they were coming out. And I don't know that I had enough memory of the originals to know some of the changes. And I don't honestly remember if I watched all of them. I, I remember some of the changes coming up in discussion. Yeah, because they were released in, in theater in, in 97 and then later on disc. Uh, so did you go to any of the ones in the theater? It sounds like I have probably, no idea. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Huh. I have, I have no idea. Yeah. Isn't that a weird thing to not remember? Yeah. And then I don't even have the excuse of being really young. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's clear that it was like it was around and you were friendly to it, but it wasn't like a you weren't in, at that point died in the wall. Like I have to see these in the theater. Again. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I think I was, I was probably busy with dance rehearsal. Understandably. <laughs> so I mean, I mean that's most of the story of my life around that time. Very, very yeah. all consuming. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then 99 so, yep. Phantom Menace, what are your memories there? So that one I did go see in the theater. Yeah. Um, I, I believe we went opening weekend and, who is and I went we? with some friends okay. from, I was in college and I went with some friends in college and, and honestly, I was excited. I remember standing in line and I was a theater that wasn't super big. And I remember the people coming out from the one in front of it. And I was so expecting to see people being cheering. And I, I think I like heard the whisper of somebody and I was just like, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I was like, oh, that was disappointing or something <laughs> to that effect. And I was just like, no, 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 this is going to be awesome. No. Yeah. Um, and then I. I, I honestly, the funny thing is I remember standing in line. I don't have really strong impressions of my memory of it. Yeah. I think I was um, disappointed is stronger than I mean, but I think I was a little more lukewarm about it than yeah. I had hoped to be. Yeah. Is maybe the most accurate way of saying it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I was interested to hear what your reaction to it was, because I think part of the initial reaction to the Phantom Menace, which has really changed over time, mm-hmm. um maybe not in some people's hearts uh, people people of uh our age still tend to be uh, a little grumpy towards the prequels yeah um i said it a million times but i'll just say it again for context i certainly think they have flaws but i've come to appreciate them so much but my point is i feel like a lot of people of our age who are so excited uh, for it wanted a specific thing and george lucas was doing something you know regardless of what you think about any of the quality of the filmmaking choices, if the movie had been pristine and perfect in every imaginable way, it still would have been massively different from the original trilogy because Lucas was telling an entirely different story than the story of the original trilogy. And I Mm -hmm. think people went in with so many expectations. I was curious what somebody like you who was like, I liked this as a kid. It was one of the many things in my life. Uh, I would see a reboot of uh, Annie too. Uh, <laughs> if how you responded to it without the baggage of this list of kind of expectations. Yeah, I think I had more expectations going into it than I realized, but I don't think I had any um, clarity about what they were, which is probably true of a lot of fans going back into it, that they yeah. wanted 
that they they thought they knew what they wanted, but I certainly wouldn't have been able to articulate what I thought I wanted. Um, and I also uh, have, I think I was lukewarm about most of the pre- prequels, um, but over the years have come to appreciate how much they they do give to the story and how much they do have in them and have kind of come around that certainly thanks to your influence as well on that and, and chatting through it. And so, I mean, I am to the point where people are like, the prequels. I'm like, well, have you considered? <laughs> uh, so, yes. Uh, all right. So marching through your Star Wars timeline yeah. uh, around the time of Revenge of the Sith is uh, when we, uh, we join our lives together. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, and you might be able to remember, I honestly can't remember, and I think it's funny, I can't remember if the first movie we saw together was either Revenge of the Sith or March of the Penguins. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It was one of those two it was the first movie that we saw together when we were dating. Wow. It might have been Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it might have been. I'll have to look up the release date of March of the Penguins because I think you were like, we're going to see this. And I was like, great. Yeah. That sounds yes, awesome. Yes, we did. Here's the funny thing. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> oh, boy. I remember seeing March of the Penguins more than I remember seeing Revenge of the Sith in the theater. That's understandable because you were really kind uh, to go with me. I'd seen Revenge of the Sith at uh, midnight. Well, of course I was going to go. Well, yeah, but but let me let me finish my thought. Okay. Uh, I, I had seen it on midnight uh-huh. and then uh, come over to your place uh-huh. <laughs> afterward, like, you know, three in the morning or whatever. Um and then I, I didn't expect you to go with me uh, because you were sort of like, yeah, I've been following Star Wars. I get it. Uh, but I'm not an obsessive fan. Uh-huh. And I think at that point, Revenge of the Sith is so tied up into connecting to A New Hope and following on the very convoluted plot of Attack of the Clones. Yes. That I think in some way, Revenge of the Sith is one of the least friendly to a casual viewing. Mm-hmm. So I was really happy that you wanted to come with and just like people are talking about it. I just want to experience it. Yeah. Had you McGregor in it? Yeah. It Star Wars? <laughs> like, how would you pass up those two things? Yeah. Do you? So you, you we both remember seeing March of the Penguins more. But <laughs> uh, do you have any memory of your reaction to Revenge of the Sith or your feelings about it um, at the time? I mean, I think I was very interested. I'm sure I, I, I'm not even sure. I know that I did not take upon initial viewing the vast majority of what happened in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, at least for me, the Revenge of the Sith, it was hard at the time to remember anything other than the ending with yeah. the fight with Anakin yeah. and just that transition from Anakin into Darth Vader. And so that to me was... If you told me there are other things that happened in the film, I'd be like, yeah, sure, okay. But that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yoda climbing on Chewbacca's back was just sort of erased from your mind. Sadly. <laughs> so sadly. Yeah. I mean, since then, I've watched much more because yeah. I'd, I've become, as we will talk about, more of a Star Wars fan as I've gotten older. But yeah. um, but no, I, that is that is absolutely what I remembered was that um, battle and battle, that fight yeah. and that ending. Um. And and also the ed- ending of uh, Padme and kind of the birth of Luke and Leia and yeah. how, like that transition, but from the start of that battle on Mustafar, yeah, um, to the end is yeah from initial viewing 
when without all of the details, but just kind of the general overview of what happened, that is what I remember. Uh, yeah, and I think that's understandable. I think that's one of the real successes of Revenge of the Sith, that it has that weight of that feeling of a Shakespearean tragedy of like, well, but if any one of these people might have done something different, could this have been avoided? And, you know, the visual of Mustafar is, you know, uh, I was going to say it burns itself into your mind, but that's a pun, and I didn't mean that. Anyway, uh, so I want to hear from your perspective, mm-hmm. then, uh, there is a long time between Revenge of the Sith. Obviously, um, not obviously, one of the things that I remember from us seeing it uh, together is... Uh, in the interim, I had injured my leg doing children's theater. So I was <laughs> literally limping out of the theater with you. Yes. This is the second time I'd seen Revenge of the Sith. And that's when it really hit home to me of like, I am literally limping away from the last Star Wars movie. You know? Yeah. Because at the time, Lucas was really like, I completed the story. That's it. Yeah. I don't know if Lucas even acknowledged at the time of like, yeah, I've said some things in the past about nine films, but nope. Six. <laughs> that's it's it. done. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Um. So literally limping away to this relative dry period of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, there's the Clone Wars movie and the Clone Wars series and all that. But it was a long time before we get to the, the reemergence uh, of Star Wars in uh, the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. The sequel trilogy is launched. What was your experience of Star Wars from your perspective during that time? Obviously, we were married. Yeah. I was and am a super Star Wars fan. There were many action figures in our lives. Mm-hmm. What was your experience of Star Wars during this time? Um, so I would say, honestly, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't have, I don't remember. <laughs> I just, I think it didn't, other than the existence of action figures in our lives. Yeah. And maybe talking about Star Wars with you. I just don't remember it having a big presence in my life. The next thing that I remember really clearly is the announcement of the next of the final three films yeah okay well yeah I'm, i was just curious from your perspective because from my perspective you were a very supportive partner there was never any like uh he's on about star wars again there you, you would buy me nice star wars gifts you seem you like you knew it well enough to know the stuff that i would like and uh, in the various places that we moved into, we made it a tradition because I liked it of, uh, our first night in a new home, we would watch the Empire Strikes Back to Chris mm-hmm. in our home. Uh, and I've never really asked you ab- about what you were feeling. If that was, if you felt like this was just you being a really supportive partner or if along that path of, buying me glasses and action figures and uh, socks and uh, all sorts of Star Wars gifts and watching the movies a little bit more with me if you started to become more of a a fan yourself or if at that point it was just being a really supportive partner. Oh, um, I would say that it was was, uh, both. There was never a question of like, oh, well, this is the thing that you like, so I will get... I mean, there... There is, because that's, I guess, being a kind partner and friend of like, yeah. oh, you like this. So <laughs> this is the thing I will go toward. Not like, you like Star Wars? Great. I've bought you uh, socks with ponies on them. <laughs> Yay. Close enough. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's that element of it. But I, even though I wasn't an active Star Wars fan, I always really liked Star Wars. Okay. And I was very happy to have it be part of my life, have it be part of our lives. Um but I think that was one of the things that I was 
it was always I always saw it as um, as a positive. Yeah. That you were a Star Wars fan and therefore Star Wars would continue to be active in my life and maybe more so than I just naturally happened to follow it or not myself. Okay. Um, so to me, it was always a, a positive. Like, there's a little increase in the Star Wars <laughs> fandom presence in <laughs> uh, in our lives or in my life. Yeah. And to me, that was always a benefit. That okay. was always a positive, or not a benefit, a positive trait. Cool. Um, and absolutely, I would say that this did, that because I was more aware of it and was talking about it and was around action figures and glasses and whatever, um, that it did really uh, maybe reignite that um, that that fondness yeah. for the movies, and you know, totally honestly, for the original trilogy, it, it wasn't like I wasn't a prequel hater, yeah, because I, I, but I was kind of a like, okay, whatever, they're there, these are the ones that I connect to more yeah i i think i have memories of that in our in our life together in that period where you know we would watch uh some of the movies and you would tell me uh you know about you 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 would share love of yoda and princess leia and specific moments or sounds or or music and then honestly like i have a hard time keeping the prequel straight like you have said that to me yeah uh back back in those days (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) i think is one of the challenges of it they're denser more complicated storytelling Mm -hmm. um cool so let's go then to the awakening yes so what is your perspective of you know we we get in in 2012 we get the news that lucas has sold it to disney and they're going to make new star wars the original trilogy is coming back all the way up through the explosion of force awakens actually coming out what what's your journey from your perspective i was beyond thrilled that they were um coming back and that the original luke line luke line hello (laughs) luke han and leia were coming back yeah like to me that was the biggest thing yeah if they had just said i would have been excited anyway but to me it was just a a celebration of actors as they've gotten older yeah so i loved that i it's it's i mean it it makes sense now as i'm getting old but i feel like that has always been a thing that i i like to see a range of people on screen and characters on screen and ages on screen and so to me the fact that we got to see what was their journey also the fact that it um that they were in it gives you a little bit of a sense of probably how much time has passed yeah which was great because i wanted to see what had happened you know in whatever whatever they decided to make it be whether it's 20 years or 30 years or whatever yeah um give some time to see what had happened in that galaxy yeah uh so those were really the things that caught my imagine right away and made me incredibly excited nice nice and i remember sitting there going oh i'm so excited i'm so excited (laughs) i hope that they all live to make it into the first one (laughs) like i was honestly worried uh, more than, uh, I don't know, more than I expected to be, but I was. Oh, like the actual actors. That the actual actors, that there wouldn't be, that one of them wouldn't get sick, that there wouldn't be an accident, that they would actually make it through filming of the first movie. <laughs> like, actively worried about it. Well, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Harrison Ford had the accident on set. Oh, it just doesn't get talked about as much because I think Lucasfilm is just like, let's forget that that happened with the hydraulic door and the leg. You don't need to think about that. But yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh, it, all, it all worked. Um, what, uh, what do you feel like for you then was the 
tipping point because I, I totally understand what you're saying of you're a fan of history and it, it sounds like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. But older people are history. It's the past matters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our society has a tendency to say, eh, we, once you get past a certain age, bye, we're not interested in you anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that, yes, the reason people are excited about this movie is because 60-year-olds are going to be in it. It's a beautiful <laughs> rarity to our right? culture. And I, yeah. we're, I'm so happy we're moving in that at direction to value uh, life experiences and to not always be focused on on youth and new yeah um so that all makes sense to me of why you'd be excited about that announcement but as we go into the build-up of force awakens and the release of force awakens Uh uh-huh i feel like you have truly come into your fandom what do you feel like made that happen um i i i don't know but I'll try. I'll try to figure this out. I would say a combination of certainly um, the years in between of spending more time with you and with other people who were fans. Honestly, I hadn't spent a lot of time with that type of fandom of anything. So yeah. it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm a big fan of some other property. I Like being a fan of a property was kind of a new thing to me. Yeah. And to me, it totally made sense that the properties that I would be fans of would be things like Star Wars or Doctor Who or Homefront. If they ever bring it back, I will be here ready to be a fan of you. Um, uh, why don't you clarify what Homefront is for people <laughs> that's who don't true, know? Because there's, there's like a two-year series in the early 90s. It's um, with with John Slattery and uh, so many people. Kyle that are not, Chandler, Kyle right? Chandler and a bunch of people. And it was set in, immediately after the war and was kind of this um, just like coming returning from the war and what's life like yeah and uh anyway it's it it is insane that it's not available anywhere because it does star so many people who've become so prominent yeah yeah right um but that's interesting too just in kind of the combination of your what it is you love (laughs) again this is a moment of history and human connection and you know a a time period where people are really like what's next yeah yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, huge diehard Homefront fan. I tried to buy you the DVDs once, but they were from like a sketchy seller and like, yeah, in, I, I don't even remember, uh, you know, it was somewhere in like the Ukraine or something. Yeah. And for some reason, the DVDs didn't show up. What? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It must be music rights or something like that one because it was lots of old radio music. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so it, anyway. it never occurred to you outside of the two seasons <laughs> of the canceled show Homefront uh, to be a fan of a property, but you were surrounded by it then. Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds weird, but I think, um, you know, I, I was a, a dancer. I was very into theater. I was very into history. And um, so I just was, those were just the things that I was focused on. I, I you know, had years without a TV. Uh, yeah. So it just was a thing, you know, I was, it just hadn't, it just hadn't occurred to me. Um, and I don't think it did occur to me like, oh, I'm going to become a fan of this. Yeah. It's just uh, life naturally changes and evolves. And that's one of the beautiful things about it. And life naturally changed and evolved and it became I don't want to say it's because it became easier because I don't think that's what it was I think it was just more around me I think certainly your influence was a big influence on me uh, because we already had a lot of sorry things in our house <laughs> yes but I never minded it was never a like oh why do we have this you know let's have a closet where you can have your Star Wars things that never occurred to me as so I was like well of course we want these things out yeah like this yeah, is life. This always, is what we want. This was always, a shared 
even though I don't have the shared level of fandom and depth of fandom and length of fandom, I also really enjoyed and appreciated it. Yeah. No, that makes that makes total sense that you exactly what you're saying of and I this comes up a lot on uh, a podcast called Obsessed that depending on people's age, depending on people's life experiences, that sometimes it's like, yeah, of course, I was always 100% in that. It's, I, I am, you know, a part of this fandom. And other people are just like, it was a movie I liked and it didn't occur to me to do anything other than watch it sometimes. Yeah. You know, and, and I think depending on who you are and certainly our culture has really, really changed to the point where it's like totally normal to be like a, a self-identification thing of mm-hmm. like, well, uh, for my career, I'm a lawyer. And then outside of that, I'm a Star Trek fan. And that's <laughs> those are the that's pillars I, of my identity. Yeah. Uh, and that wasn't always the case for people. So it totally makes sense that you've always, always had this sort of, it's there. I like it. It gives me happy feelings and thoughts. But I want to know what spoke to you in this explosion of new uh, Disney Lucasfilm era. Because I feel like you have come into your own as a fan that it's not just a thing that is pleasantly around you but is you are now a little bit more in that world of oh yeah i'm gonna be a fan of this what was it the force awakens was it rogue one was it both and in what in those movies spoke to you i think i think it's a combination of things i think certainly the force awakens I, I don't know if I, you know, however many times I saw it in the, we saw it in the theater. Four um, times the opening weekend, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I never saw it without crying. Yeah. Uh, just with joy. Like as the credits came on and, and I have, I've told you this, but I will show that one of my like treasured memories in my life is sitting next to you the first time that we, when the credits came on. Yeah. Um, both for myself, but also especially like, I mean, I, I at that point I think was still kind of. A young fan uh, in terms of this level, but you, but to be there with you and to know how much this meant to you, uh, I was crying tears of joy for you uh, during that opening scroll. Um, so I think just what a great job they did with The Force Awakens. And I think also um, with The Force Awakens coming out and with rewatching more recently, the rewatching of um, the earlier movies. And probably with the development of some of, um, you know, once I, with Clone Wars and Rebels, I think it's the first time that I started to look at Star Wars as more than, oh, this is a fun movie I like. And, um, you know, I'm, I like the Ewoks. Not everybody does. Yay. <laughs> um, but the first time that I really looked at the bigger picture of what the story was telling of the themes of the fact that it has now spanned so much time that it it is a thematic arc itself in addition to the the timeline that it's telling within the story yeah and so these ideas of um you know fighting for good or evil and what are the lines within that and what are the choices that you can make and when do you have a choice and when do you not have a choice and some of those the more adult themes which i was not gonna get when i was three yeah um but and I, you know, chose not to get when I was 19 or whatever, you know, it's just kind of, but I feel like as an adult, and I don't know if it's just my life perspective or my eyes or the fact that we talk about it a lot, or if it is more prevalent in The Force Awakens, um, Rogue One, but I feel like all of that comes together and all of that is what has made me a, th- a true uh 
close to uber fan uber fan <laughs> i don't know i mean you i don't, can I don't whatever, like to, you get to decide i don't want what to judge level of fan you are. um yeah but i i would say i'm truly a fan at now and i think it is from um the journey the journey to the newer films and then into the newer films. Yeah. So, because I, I would say I was already there before The Force Awakens came out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was, you know, a hundred percent on board, committed to being a fan, and and also with Rogue One, I I did really, um, you know, whatever. It has some, it has some problems, but I ultimately really like that film, um, as well. Um, yeah. Did the fact that uh, the main characters of those first two movies were, were Ray and Jyn Erso? Did the more representation help you feel uh, differently towards those films? Leia is a force. And I feel like I don't want to in any way undercut everything that she did in the earlier films. Um, so I always I feel like, yes, Ray is front and center in the new film. But let's not forget how shared center Leia was in the originals yeah but yeah absolutely I mean I think one of the it was really effective to me to see how many little kids were coming how many little girls are dressed up as Ray coming to the theater uh was just uh, amazing to look at that and think about that and to really think about like okay well what impact that I didn't realize this was having on me you know back in the 80s was this actually having on me yeah um so absolutely I felt like that was very impactful yeah um but you know I also like Maz is one of my favorite characters Maz Kanata yep yeah well tell me more about Maz I just I like that I like that she is her own person (laughs) you know she's like the the amazing great aunt or you know some something like that that you're like she knows the answer to everything she knows everybody but she's gonna be her own person and doesn't not in a um not in a fighting back way but she doesn't need to follow the rules because like she kind of has the core of what the rules are that matter in in her core she is such a cool grandma yeah. Of like she's she's been around the block. She knows things. Uh, she can speak to you with a little bit of like firm love. Yeah. Um, but she's so alive, and you get the sense that she's like, I, I don't, I don't care what you think. I like my best. That's, yeah. That's my fashion. Yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna call Chewbacca my boyfriend. You know. Yep. And I'm gonna tell you what you need to hear. Uh, but yeah. I'm also like fun. Yeah, she's like the neighbor. If she lived next door, it would both be awesome. <laughs> and sometimes you're like, I just, I just need to have my life and maybe have it not be perfect to not have somebody else tell me that right now, Maz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, Maz. I know. I know my eyes. I know. Yeah, um, yeah. Who are your other favorite characters now, not just from this new era, but also you, you talked about Leia, you talked about the droids, You talked. Uh, we talked a little bit about Yoda, but now that you do have a, a, a bigger appreciation of kind of the how the whole mosaic of Star Wars gets stitched together in the character relationships and perspectives and themes and all that. Yeah. Who do you gravitate toward now? I have such a hard time with favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to pick um, one. You can just me- you can mention anyone you like. I would say I gravitate even more toward Leia. Okay. Um, I just I think that I appreciate the arc of Leia in the original trilogy more as I've gotten older to see it. Um, and General Organa and, you know, the, the new movie is just amazing. And, um, so I think, I, I think that probably if I, if I had to choose a favorite, I'm going to go with Leia. Yeah. Is it in the new films, is it that she is, um, 
so resolute of like, I know what needs to be done and I'm going to do it no matter how difficult it is. Like, I, I don't, to, I, I don't want to, um, I will share that for myself. Mm-hmm. I love how she is presented as such a rounded character who is wise is somebody who puts responsibility first of like, I see something that needs to be done in the galaxy. I'm like the only person who sees that it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. It's terribly hard and sad, but I am going to do it. So you get this picture of this person who is not denying the truth, not denying their emotions, but still has this strength and resolution or, or resolve to be like, this has to be done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would, uh, yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, do you feel like you want to be Leia, uh, General Leia, when you grow up more? I mean, I don't want the amount of tragedy that she's had in her life. No. Not, goodness, yeah, no. I, that, my question was not, do you want us to have a child who turns to the dark side? My question is... And the entire planet that she was from blown up. And, no, yeah. no. Leia has known a lot of tragedy. But do you look at the, yeah, life is hard, but you have to keep going? Is that an inspiration for you? Or is it more, yeah... Um, I don't know if inspiration, but it's certainly uh, an approach to life that I have great respect for. Okay. So I think that's a lot of it is I have so much respect for her character. Yeah. Yeah. The Just all of her various abilities between leader, good with a blaster. Yeah. Yeah. Can, you know. Does whatever needs to be done. Yeah. And also knows when to reach out and be kind and be empathetic. And I feel like... She just is a very well-rounded character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so absolutely. I still like my droids. I like BB-8 a lot also. <laughs> BB-8 can come right on in and join the droid, join the droid family. Uh, I mean, I really like Rey as well. I think she's a fantastic character. Yeah. Um, like I said, I really like Maz. I really like Poe and Finn. I like them all. But, if, but I, um, yeah, I yeah. think the... The one if I and I don't mean resonates with me because I actually don't feel like <laughs> I am lucky enough to not have to deal with a lot of life and death situations on a daily basis. And so it's not I don't feel like resonates right. on that level. But I just I do still really um, have a great fondness and respect and just really like that character. Yeah. And I mean, that to me, I think, is one of the powers of storytelling and pop culture and Star Wars of like, yes, we, we are all lucky that you know uh the amount of tragedy that befalls some of our heroes uh doesn't befall us yeah but uh, obviously real humans experience horrible tragedy um i, I don't mean to discount that but I, I feel like you can extrapolate from it and say like yeah it's not my son falling to the dark side but this upsetting thing happened interpersonally mm -hmm. how can i handle it like leia it's not as deep of a tragedy but it's still an example of how to handle this smaller tragedy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That And that's powerful to me. Um, how do you feel like you like to express your fandom? Because me being, being a part of the fandom and getting to talk to and see all the different ways that people express their interest in it uh, is really fun and exciting for me. Like, I am obsessed with the action figures. And yeah. And everybody is. Uh, what, are, what are your uh, ways to express fandom? Well, 
the way that I expressed fandom um, on the day of the release of the trailer and title for Rise of Skywalker uh, <laughs> might be one of my newest favorite, favoritest, <laughs> most favorite ways to express it, which is that I had uh, I had bought the the Yoda action figure um, that comes from you. You can you'll know. I don't remember uh, the um, Galaxy of Adventures. There yeah. we go. That's what it's called. Um, and I was like, I'm getting this Yoda, and I'm going to take this Yoda out of the box. <laughs> so I took this Yoda out of the box. I also was planting um, our little balcony garden that day, and so I was like, I'm going to do a photo shoot with Yoda in the garden, and we're going <laughs> to, you know, give little Yoda his own little tiny little like plant saucer so he can carefully sit amongst the plants and not get dirty. <laughs> and uh, and that was it was awesome. I really yeah. liked that. Yeah. So that is uh, perhaps my new favorite way. That's great. Yeah, to garden with Yoda. And that yeah. was so great. I was at Star Wars Celebration and I saw that uh, picture online. Uh, and uh, that was, it was amazing for me to go like, what? wait, that's not one of my action figures because I have all of mine in the package and Sarah would never open uh, my action figures. Yes, like, I would oh, never do she that. She went to Target and bought herself a gardening Yoda. And it was so <laughs> great to just, yeah. obviously, we get to live together and we get to kind of experience things in the moment. And so it was kind of fun to just see through social media. You went to the <laughs> store and bought a gardening Yoda. I did. Cool. And now Yoda and I garden together. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, would you mind telling people about your BB-8 necklace? Because I think that's another way oh, yes. you, you, that you are crafty in your expression of Star Wars fandom. Yes. And actually, that is a great... So I... um. One of the things that I've found for myself is that I I do really like a lot of these things, but I I don't I'm not necessarily a like wear a t shirt that says what you're what you really like on it. Uh, yeah. I say well wearing a Star Wars t shirt. <laughs> that's an honor of this podcast. Um, but you know, and I I work at a place where I can't wear t shirts and sit, you know certainly not logoed t shirts and things like that. But even just in general, like maybe at a convention, but on day to day life, like I'm just running errands in the world and I want um, I want to feel Star Wars close to me but I don't necessarily want something that other people will instantly walk up and be like oh look at that let me talk to you about that right you don't want a loud flashing light you want a subtle glow exactly so um, I I do make jewelry uh, it tends to be wire jewelry and so I decided that what I really wanted because I really after The Force Awakens I did really want something that was um, reflective of BB-8 because I did really like BB-8 and I wasn't finding anything that was what I wanted because things were very representational yeah big chunky here's like a, a massive piece <laughs> of ceramic to wear around your neck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, you know, is fine also and is great, but was not what I was looking for in this moment. And I wanted something a little bit more um, subtle and almost abstract. And I had some uh, copper colored wire. And so I, you know, this is one that I a lot of times when I make jewelry, I just kind of play. But this one I planned out. I was like, okay, if I do it this way, this might work. And so I planned out making um, basically a wire outline of BB-8 with um, like one or two beads in places to signify you know like one of his little uh, patches uh, yeah. you know on his early body and you know little eye little bead for his eye um and then i wear it and that's my bb necklace and i love it because to me it is exactly that actually is a really good representation of my fandom in general because it's something that i really like but it isn't necessarily something that i want to share i'm happy to share it with people around me i don't mean to sound so close off but just with like as a thing that I'm broadcasting to the world around me, it, that isn't necessarily what I want. Like, I'm happy to wear, I'm far more likely to wear socks that have a rebel insignia on them <laughs> than I am to wear a shirt that has, um, you know, a giant pork on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think the watching the 
your custom made BB-8 necklace in action is a ton of fun because a lot of people will just see it and go like, well, that's a really nice necklace because it just looks like a nice design. And then people who are more hardcore Star Wars fans are like, wait, is that a custom like artistic rendering of BB-8? And like, yeah. and then you get it, you only get to engage with people who really want to engage. Yeah. And I think, uh, I meant to say this earlier, I think a part of the power of The Force Awakens is on one hand, you have that respect and that sort of uh, uh, gravitas of the original trilogy characters and Maz Kanata. And you have that reflection that you were talking about of what's happened in Star Wars has actually happened in the real world. It has been a long time. And Chewie, we're home. Makes sense to Han and Harrison Ford. Right. Uh, and all those things. But then on the other side, you have these characters who just spring to life and it just seems like who wouldn't want to hang out with Ray or Finn or Poe or BB-8 and it's the that side of Star Wars that's just kind of infectious joy yeah. and a can-do attitude and I think everything about Star Wars that is exemplified by that main theme yeah. that makes you just want to stand up and say we can do this. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. So I, I think in some ways, it's, it's no surprise to me that, you know, the, the full flame of your Star Wars fandom is ignited by those elements yeah, of Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, as much as I say it was the journey to The Force Awakens, it was also The Force Awakens. I was just like, yes, I am all <laughs> in. Yeah, 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 that is awesome. Um, and then music, I also just want to throw out that yeah. y- because you come from a family that has a deeper appreciation of uh, orchestral music mm-hmm. and classic music that you have so deepened my fandom of the music. Like, oh, good. Uh, I, you know, know the main themes and I own some of the soundtracks over the years or that, but especially as the new movies have come out and you've been like, yeah, we need that soundtrack and listen to it more uh, in the house and talked about it more that you've just massively increased that part of my Star Wars fandom because of your specific appreciation for the music. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. and I do still... I. I love the soundtracks to all of the new films and listen to them often. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a great uh, soundtrack uh, fan and <laughs> hooking me on being a soundtrack fan. What, if any, life lesson have you taken from Star Wars? Ooh, that's a that's a very good question. I would say um, to not, to, it, it's a good reminder um, hmm, <laughs> to stand up for what you believe in. Uh, honestly, I would say that. And just kind of in that very, both the very overt way, but also in the very subtle, you know, if you think about the moments when, not that Ray has moments of questioning, but when you picture her just standing, just standing for just a moment, and it's like you can see that inner steel in her, which is so strong, but you can just see that moment where it's just like, yup, it's there. It's just that real quick touch base. Um, And that taking that moment of like nope we all have some version of that in us yeah i would say that that's definitely um a life lesson that i've taken yeah um of just finding that inner steel yeah, yeah yeah and just giving it um awareness uh and then I would also say uh, r- reminders to have fun, <laughs> which I hope I take from a lot of things in life. But I think um, that that joy and camaraderie and that joy in the moment yeah, uh, to really take like, we don't know what's going to come next. Like you th- I think about a lot with um, Poe and Finn for that one yeah. of 
they don't have a lot of time together, but they instantly, you know, have a connection and have a bond and have, you know, just those treasured, treasured quick moments of like, okay, we're in this together. Yeah. You know, and, and there's any number of people that you have that connection with that I, I really think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, and I think part of what's really powerful of Ray's whole journey, but specifically in The Force Awakens, is that we see that she is uh, trained to fight for her life, literally to survive on yeah. Jakku, and that she is a badass, and she made that staff to hit people who mess with her. Yeah. But then when she gets exposed to the Force vision from touching the lightsaber and is exposed to all of this just kind of cosmic weirdness and maybe this hint that that she needs to go on some weird journey and that she just like that she says i don't want this i reject this and then to come around at the end and have the lightsaber fly in her hand and that beautiful acting job of daisy ridley of i'm not entirely comfortable with this but i need to do this i will do this it makes her so human and it makes it so relatable to not just have a cardboard cutout badass mm-hmm. but to have somebody who's like i have skills i have these things but i still have fear because we all have fear yeah but i can overcome it that to me is what's so powerful of reminding yourself of like it's not that you just need to be a badass it's that you need to accept that yep we all have fear yeah and here are heroes who who guide us on how to overcome that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the great moment when she has the words running through her head of, that I'm going to paraphrase of the, like, you know, be still and feel the force. Yeah. Maz had told her when she's, and then she's fighting Kylo Ren. Um, yeah, she does exactly she has what Maz had told her to do of, yeah, close your eyes. Close and your eyes. Let, let the force in, yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, don't have to fight Kylo Ren, but if there's something <laughs> that I that I need to do that I don't necessarily want to do that I know will be difficult... Um, I think in uh, maybe sometimes I've thought about it this way, maybe not, but I think it is a great way to think about it. I've just said like, just be still and feel that strength. You yeah. Know, feel your version of the, the force. Um, not, not to say that we're all force sensitive. I'm not going down <laughs> that rabbit hole. I know better. Uh, that is not at all what I'm saying, but just to feel that moment of inner strength. Um, Another thing that actually just as we're talking about, this has brought up in my mind is that I don't necessarily do, but I would like to do. So I'll use this as a goal moving forward for this coming year is the moment when um, they're flying to Maz's castle and uh, it's uh, Han Solo and Rey in the cockpit. Yeah. And she has that great line of, I didn't know there is this much green in the world. Yeah. And just her awe and realization and Han Solo's, um, awareness that she has never been off Jakku. She doesn't, that of just that reminder of like, right, I've seen all of these things, but to her, this is amazing and beautiful. And I just, to me, the thing to take from that, or the thing that I want to take from that is that reminder that what intera- whatever interaction you're having with somebody, you don't necessarily know where they've come from. Yeah. And to just take that moment of like, oh, we'll take what they're saying and try to remember that you don't know where they've come from and what they have or haven't seen. Yeah. And give them that moment of enjoyment or um, of awe. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I love that moment so much. A lot of people interpreted it as that it was a hint to some sort of relationship between Han and Rey, uh, secret parentage or whatever. But that look that Han gives her in that moment it has just such great emotional weight to me of it's this bittersweet empathy of like, oh, 
just from that one moment, Han suddenly like, I know who you are. And then, you know, you come around to Solo and you get yes. to see those shots the first times that he is, uh, you know, on the Falcon blasting off into hyperspace. And he has that same like, you know, I didn't even know it could be this awesome. I yeah. didn't know the galaxy could be this awesome. Yeah, you know, it and really that, gives it so much more depth. Yeah, and that that to me, I think, is what I ultimately uh, celebrate a lot as a Star Wars fan is those those emotional connections that feel so human and real. Yeah, and it feels like the same way that you know you uh, an imaginary older person like Han might look at might be in their kind of their moment of being and then see the world again through fresh eyes. Yeah, and the bond that that creates. Yeah, and yeah. Then somebody having a moment that now we know he had his own version of. Yeah, and that like oh yeah. I remember what that's like to have that first moment of seeing a different planet and a planet that's beautiful if the one that you're coming from is a different version of beautiful. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Nobody in Star Wars likes sand. Anakin's the one who expressed (laughs) it, but all of our characters, I think, know in their hearts sand is a pain. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. If you had the Force. Yes. How would you use it? For good. (laughs) I learned nothing. (laughs) We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. Do you think about Star Wars every day? These days, yes. Yeah. Also, just with, as you mentioned earlier, we have a Star Wars table. So, (laughs) yes. Yeah. And you, as much as you were saying that you don't always express your love of something through t-shirts, you do actually have a lot of Star Wars shirts. I do. <laughs> so it's it's in your wardrobe. It is. Every day. Uh, do you think about it, though? I guess, um, obviously, like, it's physically in our apartment. It's physically in the world. Yeah. Um, but do you think about it ever, like, at work? Does it do, do just, like, ideas or characters or moments sort of flip through your mind? I would say uh, sometimes, but not daily. Okay. Excellent. Would you want a life-size cutout of a Star Wars character in our bedroom? No. <laughs> is it mostly for the you forget it's there and then you see it in the shadows and it startles you kind of thing? Um, I mean, I'd be happy to have one in other places in our okay. apartment, but specifically in our bedroom, no. No. All right. I'll leave that one alone. Uh, would you ever cosplay as a Star Wars character? Uh, yeah, I as as you know, but uh, I will share. I, I cosplay is just not a thing that I've really gotten into. Yeah, um, but absolutely, I would. Yeah, so you like me have a, a performer background where you mm-hmm. have put on specific costumes for dance and for theater. Does how do you feel about wearing a costume without the goal of performing? I think that I I like wearing costumes, but I think there's that push pull of okay, do you. Do you cosplay, and this I'm just just for myself, yeah. um, and I know different people have different answers f- to these questions. Um, is it because you like the costume? Is it because you like the character? What are you trying to say about yourself? Are you saying that you are a reflection of yourself in this character? Or you just really felt like, you know, being, you know, Mon Mothma today? Uh, <laughs> Mon Mothma is one that I would consider cosplaying, oh, by the way. Oh, you'd make a great Mon Mothma. Uh, gotta, gotta find the, the tall characters. Yeah, um, yeah. You and uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, who plays her in Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One, you got you got some cheekbone similarities. There you go. Um, so, and it's just one of those things that also, oh, <laughs> I admit, often if, uh, 
if we're at a convention or something, I'll be like, oh, you know, next time I should really think ahead and cosplay and come up with it. But people now do such amazing jobs with it that I also would feel bad just doing it halfway. Yeah. Um, and and I forget to think about it in time because yeah. life is busy and there's lots of things going on. And it's it's just not one of the things where I've chosen to put my energy. Or yeah. Time. If somebody came to you and just said, uh no no price no anything i just want to make this for you i want to make you a star wars cosplay who which character would you want to be Ooh, um depends on the day i mean so here honestly so here's one that i find a little um i don't know the answer to this for myself yeah like i really like ray but I feel like I don't know that I would want to cosplay as Ray because I want to I want to leave Ray to the younger kids. Oh, okay. Um, I and I'm so uh, uh, sorry, but I'm forgetting the name of the person that I want to cosplay. You're gonna help me. I sure am. It's a character that we met in the Last Jedi. She was also in. Um, oh, Admiral Holdo. Thank you. I want to cosplay as Admiral Admiral Holdo. Vice Admiral Holdo. Oh, yes. I guess yes. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you would make a great Holdo. I would enjoy that. That I I actually that would be the one that I would. Oh choose yeah. First. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, uh, the her awesome dress. You would rock that. That'd be so great. Purple hair. Purple hair. Yeah. Yep. Star Wars Celebration. There were a couple of great uh, Holdos. That was really really cool to see. Uh, walking around, uh, some awesome Holdos. Have you ever had a dream about Star Wars? Oh, I'm sure I have. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just too omnipresent. I I can't think of anything specific right now, but yes, I'm sure I have. Um, Okay. I feel like I I know that I have. I just can't think of anything specific. Have they been welcome dreams? Have they been stress dreams? Or have they just been like, well, I was at a party and so was Yoda. I think it's more that like, (laughs) oh, you know, I was at a, yeah, I was like walking down the street and there was Finn or, you know, whatever. BB-8 came rolling. Oh, in fact, I did just last week had one that BB-8 was in. Except it was not real BB-8. It was like I had to figure out how to run on sand and then they were going to try to like later CGI that into being BB-8, which I know BB-8 is not CGI, but it was not a Star Wars thing. It was something else, but they were trying to, it was like... You were, a, you were the basically the motion capture for BB-8? Yes, in like a very a low budget. L- yes, yeah. In a low budget. Low budget, like it was like a... A mixture of a bunch of different properties and other people and things like that. And it's just like, oh, then, you know, this person is here from this show and then this person. And then, like, there's supposed to be like BB 8 coming up the sand from the bottom of the screen up to the top of the screen. And I was like, let's see what that looks like. Can I, should I just run on the sand? And I don't think I was actually going to be the motion captor, but yes. So there, (laughs) there we go. Last week. Maybe you will. Me and those droids coming back together again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe you will star in a BB-8's Disney Plus streaming show. There we go. (laughs) Uh, All right. If you had to live in the galaxy of Star Wars, would you be happy with that? Ooh. I mean, it, it seems like. A lot of the experiences in that galaxy depend on where you are. Yes, very much so. So it would really depend on where I was. I I mean, I don't think I would choose to live on Jakku. I think very few people would. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of places that I'm not sure that I would choose to live. But if I needed to live there and I could, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. It would be a different life. <laughs> uh, the uh, I apologize for being this fan, but the books and the comics, in particular to me, the books, really get to dive in and flesh out cultures of specific 
worlds. Uh, there's that great Leia book that you read that really fleshes out Alderaan. The uh, recent Queen's Shadow book about uh, Padme really fleshes out the culture and the uh, values of Naboo. Mm-hmm. So if you were able to live on one of those more idyllic planets, yeah, would that be interesting to you? Yeah, I think um, if it were Alderaan and I could get off before it was uh, Im- exploded, imploded, <laughs> uh, that I would choose there. And, and I just want to say that the Leia book in particular um, also increased my fandom and also is part of why I want to be Holdo. Oh, yeah, because Holdo is so great. So if you have so not read that book, that. I highly recommend it. Yeah, right. And that's one where Holdo is really, um, you get a sense of her culture and you get a sense that she's an iconoclast. Yeah. 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 And just that really interesting, like, because she seems kind of weird, people don't listen even though she sees things. Yeah, even yeah. though that she sees things that other people don't. Yeah. Going back to that droid motif. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you vote for George Lucas for public office? It depends on the public office. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about uh, if, if you, you were want, yeah, um, one of it. the judges and oh, he yeah. was running for like, sure, I'd vote for him to be a judge. <laughs> uh, how about if he was wanted to be on like uh, a nonprofit organization that you had to work with? <laughs> well, um, there have been I've heard a lot of stories over the years. I, yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> These feel like very political answers. <laughs> Uh, but I guess I am curious, like, what is your perception of the uh, many, many people made Star Wars what it was? But yeah. George Lucas is the guy who is like, I have this weird vision in my brain. And then I don't think Star Wars would have existed if Ralph McQuarrie, the one of the concept designers, couldn't have put it on paper. Or yeah. if Ben Burt couldn't make it sound that way. Or if Lucas's uh, wife at the time, Marsha Lucas, couldn't have edited it into edited the film into the pacing that he saw in his mind. Yeah, and if it hadn't been John Williams' score, it was instead some weird, like, 70s score. Crappy disco, yeah. Yeah, synth score. Synth score, yeah. yeah. Like, all of those people made what he imagined reality. Right. And it would never have happened. But he yeah. did still imagine, like, yeah, Absolutely. this is what I wanted to look and sound and feel like. Yeah. Um, But he's also a complicated guy who's... Yeah changed his mind about a lot of things and said you know some weird controversial things and all that uh and the films in in particular the prequels really double down on he can really distrust organizations and believes more in people uh so given given that picture of him do you want to work with him on a nonprofit board be so like, here's uh, the thing about George. nonprofit boards you do board interviews before you actually hire people. <laughs> so I would be happy to have a board interview with him to see how he felt about that particular nonprofit. Okay. Dude. Okay. Yeah. And you are Is experienced that... at that, at uh, <laughs> both being interviewed and interviewing uh, for those kind of things. Would you ever get in a verbal fight with someone about Star Wars? Now, I know, Ooh. you know, when I ask other people this, sometimes I'm getting to know them. You are my partner. Uh, I know that it is extremely rare for you to get into a verbal fight. So I understand the weight of the question I'm asking. I think, I mean, I, there would be some instances when I would. Yeah. Um, there would be a lot of instances where I would say, I'm going to choose to disagree with you and walk away. Yeah. Um, but over people who, with people who hate The Last Jedi, possibly. <laughs> um, or somebody's just really... Um, using it for something um to say like oh the message of the films is actually that the empire is good or you know i i think that there could be things especially if they were applied to larger culture okay that you would then stand up yeah 
and say, nope, yeah. I have to disagree. I would find that inner strength. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, what would you rather give up for a month, wine or Star Wars soundtracks? <laughs> um, I could give up either. You, I know you could. You're very, very strong. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I, there certainly have been months where I haven't listened to Star Wars soundtracks. Yeah. Um, and there certainly <laughs> have been months where I haven't drunk wine. Ooh, I mean, I... Mm. If it were like the month before the rise of Skywalker yeah. came out, I'm, I'm going to give up wine. Oh, wow. Okay. If it were like, we're in, you know, it's it's 2010. We don't know if something's coming back or not. And I'm going to go visit some vineyards that month. Yeah. I'm going to give up Star Wars soundtracks. <laughs> Depends on the context. Sorry. Depends on the context. <laughs> yes. And this is, these are the how obsessed are you questions. Yep. Get a sense of the obsession level. Yeah. I would never ask you to give up either. Uh, and and I, no one else should either because then they'll be in <laughs> trouble. The inner steel will come out. Would you wear a t-shirt that says, ask me about Star Wars? No. Yeah. We already kind of talked about that. Yeah. You don't, you want to engage on it on your terms yeah and here i'll i'll take that back if i were at like we go to um convergence which is a science fiction fantasy convention in minneapolis i would i would wear that there okay because i and i would say at many conventions i would but that convention in particular i know i trust um and i'd be happy to wear it would i wear it walking down the street absolutely not yeah we kind of accidentally, through our actions, wore an Ask Me About Star Wars t-shirt uh, at Target when they, they gear up to The Last Jedi. Remember, we went to Target and uh-huh. we were buying action figures and then we were we wanted to get some pajama pants. Oh, uh, so yes. So we were going through Target looking at all of these Star Wars stuff and that uh, this woman kept following us around <laughs> yes. with kind of a weird attitude. Uh, yeah, because we were in the toy aisle. Yeah. She assumed that we were buying toys for our children yep. who don't exist. And he's like, my child wants some of these too. Do you know what's going on? Yeah. And, and I had to be like, um, uh, uh, yes. And I'm buying them for myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also she was buying them for her 16 year old. It wasn't yeah. like it was her little kid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I think we saw her in the luggage department and the clothing <laughs> department and she yeah. kept claiming like, I don't know what this is about, but then saying more things about Star Wars and asking yeah. us more things about Star Wars. And buying a lot of things that were, st- like she had as much in her card up for Star Wars for as her- we had in ours. Yeah, and I think she I think told she us, that she's like, I, well, I'm, these Darth Vader slippers are for me. I'm like, all right, all right. She sure did, yep. Yeah, be honest with yourself. It's yep. for you too. Yep. Um, we all get to share. We all get to enjoy. <laughs> uh, here's the last How Obsessed Are You question. You have answered versions of this before. Yeah. If we were about to see episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker, but a bear is blocking the door to the theater, mm-hmm. how would you handle it? Well, I've answered this question yeah. a few times. I know this might be a possibility. I have brought with me, just in case, a jar of honey. <laughs> so I'll put down the jar of honey out of the path of the doorway so the bear will go over have some honey, and I'll be able to go in and see the movie. Okay, so you handle it in the resourceful, peaceful way of the Jedi, the heroes of the Alliance, the heroes of the Resistance, mm-hmm. by thinking through it, not giving in to anger. That's right. I'll be ready ahead <laughs> of time, and if that doesn't work, I'll get very big. <laughs> stretch out my arms, and uh, then the bear will go away like, oh, honey, and go over there and eat the honey, and then I'll get to go watch the movie. And everyone is happy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with Star Wars? <laughs> uh, uh, there was that uh, flying into the soundtrack. It was a very bad lightsaber noise. I'm sorry. Oh, nice. Uh, can, can you do it again? 
It, well, yeah, as I'm thinking about it, I totally did not do a lightsaber noise. So, uh, <laughs> uh, that was a porg. That was a porg. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting a little bit of a cult, so I don't have the best porg noises today or lightsaber noises. Uh, but they, uh, they, they sang in my heart. Uh, <laughs> I like to have people rate their own obsessions. Yeah. Uh, so the original Star Wars movie is going to be 42 on May 25th. So from 1 to 42, mm. 1 being the lowest, yeah. 42 being the highest, how obsessed do you feel personally with Star Wars? Mm. I'm going to say 31. 31. All right. Yep. Uh, now, where? how do you find that number for yourself? I feel like I'm definitely more obsessed than halfway yeah um than whatever my version of like the median obsessed is yeah um and but i also don't feel like i'm necessarily um uber 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 obsessed yeah so i feel like it's that that middling like yes definitely definitely obsessed but not but i'm not close to a 40 yeah or a 42 or a 42 okay cool uh Plugs. Yes. That's what part of the podcast it is. It's plug time. Uh, Can you tell people where they can find you on social media if you want to be found? Absolutely. I can be found on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw, and that is Sarah without an H. And I can be found on Instagram at Scrimstreet. And look for those for more photos of gardening Yoda in the future. Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. Here are some quick plugs for this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right. Final question. Okay. If there was a statue of you in a public park, what would you want the statue to be doing? <laughs> um, I was going to say standing, but you know what? Dancing. <laughs> Dancing. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be a sculpture that celebrates movement. You want to be in like full, the, the statue to capture you in like right in the middle of movement. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like some sort of like flowing kind of twirling. Um, you know, I can come up with a few a few poses we can see which can be sculpted in stone yeah yeah nice. oh st- flowing stone flowing stone that is nice if you could teleport to any one place on earth where would you want to teleport to uh, do i get to come back again yes oh there's so many places um <laughs> ooh, uh i think i'm gonna i'm gonna teleport to um somewhere in france okay now, why France? Is this been because of about wine? wine. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and nice. I've been reading a book about Monet, which is also takes place in France. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I want to share another way that you uh, celebrate, speaking of wine, yeah, you express Star Wars fandom, which is with the great cocktails that oh, you make. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, which have like been... Like the Twin Suns. The Twin Suns, which you made, I think, after our second viewing of Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was certainly very affected. I think you were by Luke's awesome, amazing force power and yeah. his great act of pacifism and then his peace and purpose. Uh, and then it, it meant so much to me that you made this awesome cocktail that looked, that had this, you did such a great job to find the exact right uh, orange of the twilight skies. Yeah. And it, it was A, very tasty, and B, like really helped me process this lifelong journey I've been on 
with uh, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, so I want to thank you for uh, combining the loves of cocktails in Star Wars. My pleasure. If I can, you know, meet people enjoy cocktails and music of star wars yeah i just love all these very like just kind of real world tactile ways to just like i i love diving into like theory and themes and characters and connections and memorizing names and planets and all that yeah uh but i i really appreciate that you and other fans have really opened my eyes to just like exactly what you were describing of your childhood experience of star wars of like it's this pleasant thing that exists and it can just kind of surround you and bind you <laughs> right? like the force and just be like it's music in the air it's a cocktail you drink it's a little buddy while you garden and yeah. it's just this very pleasing presence uh and i i feel like i really learned that from your fandom oh that's wonderful i feel like you have just perfectly summed up my fandom <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> that's great all right so we'll do the final uh question final question on the podcast is always happiness yeah i'm gonna leave the choice to you you can a- either answer just a general what is happiness or you can answer what is star wars happiness <laughs> i have an answer that combines both Ooh, great i'm gonna say it is Doing a little bit of gardening with Yoda and then sitting down to enjoy the fruits of your labor, to enjoy the garden, to enjoy the sunset, Yoda sitting next to you, hopefully you sitting next to me, and either a glass of wine or a Twin Sunsets cocktail. Oh, I feel like Yoda would be totally on board with that answer. Right. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for joining me uh, on our podcast about your obsession with Star Wars. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Okay, let's try the porter again. Ha 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 